Welcome, everyone, Excelsior True Believers, to this very special edition of the Silver Screen Podcast. Uh, I am your host, as usual, Mike Wilson, uh, and I am joined by my new recurring co-host, Mr. DK. Introduce yourself. Say hello. <laughs> hello there. Hello. Um, and we are joined by a very special guest who you will recognize if you follow the channel from my Eternals review, uh, because he is a bit of a Marvel head, uh, and that is Toby, a.k.a. Dark Sonic. Say hello to the audience, Toby. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and as you can probably tell from all of the publicity and the thumbnail and the things that you can see on the screen, today we are going to be doing a top 10 Marvel movies episode. Uh, and just to clue you in, if you are kind of a new viewer, uh, this will be similar to ones that I've done in the past for top 10 Christmas films and uh, a charity stream that DK happened to be a part of that we did for Star Trek, uh, where basically I just go around in a roundtable sort of way and ask everyone for their number 10 movie then later, then number nine, then the number eight, etc. And at the end, I hopefully will be able to put together a definitive top 10 with everybody's scores combined, whereby the number 10 movie gets one point, the number one movie gets 10 points, and everything in between. Uh, don't worry, it sounds a lot more daunting than it actually is, as uh, as DK can attest. It worked out quite well for the Trek one, didn't it? So. It did. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we ended up with the definitive Star Trek top 10 movies, even though a few of them weren't uh, what we necessarily would have individually put in there, but that's the way democracy works, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, as I say, um, just to clue everyone into what the kind of uh, protocol and what, what everything was that we were doing here, uh, it was decided that we would cover any Marvel movie that was uh, given a wide cinematic theatrical release. Um, so that includes animation or live action, but it doesn't include like direct-to-video stuff like Ultimate Avengers or the Invincible Iron Man cartoon movie or Avengers Confidential, things like that. Um, so yeah, I think the total amount of movies came to something like 64 that we had to choose from to whittle down to 10 each to make our top 10 lists. So yeah. <laughs> um, just before I go any further as well, we were supposed to be joined today by uh, our friend Will Templar, who you will know from my previous podcasting endeavors in film and Doctor Who and the like, uh, and from my Batman review just a couple of reviews ago on the channel. Unfortunately, he was called into work somewhat last minute, so he wasn't able to make it. But he did want to contribute his list, which he has sent me, and I promised him I would read it out as if he was the fourth contributor and, uh, you know, put his scores into the computer, which is my brain, to work out the uh, the final averages at the end. And then, of course, we'll do an audience interaction at the end as well. So enough of me rambling. Uh, how's everyone doing? Are we ready to, to get cracking? Yeah. Yes. Awesome, awesome. Uh, we'll go clockwise on the way my screen is, so I'll go with Toby first, then DK, then I'll give mine and then finish off with Will's per round, and we'll just go around and we'll have a little talk about each film and see what, uh, which ones come up that might surprise people or might surprise nobody. So before we start the official lists, uh, well, one thing I did want to do was to have some honourable mentions. Uh, we all basically struggled to narrow it down to a list of 10, um, and so we all ended up, I think, with some honourable mentions that we would say were very good, would probably be in a top 20 if we were allowed to make it, but just weren't good enough to reach our top 10. Um, so why not start with you, Toby? Because uh, I think you had a very specific like one in mind that you wanted to say that would have just missed out on your top 10. I mean, it wouldn't have just missed out. It would have been placed 13. Um, okay. But it's, it's the very first Marvel movie I have ever seen. That's why I wanted to shout out, because that's the reason why it has a special place for me. And ah. it's the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not the, it's not the best movie, but it just has a special place in my heart, and I think it's incredibly fun, and I just re love rewatching it over and over. And yeah, and I, I remember being in cinema watching this 
the very first wow. superhero movie I've watched, and it was this very great time, and I just had so much fun. And that's why I wanted to shout out as you know, just a movie that's special for me. That's fair enough. I can understand how you would perhaps look past all the flaws if it's the first movie and it's special to you, so you're kind of seeing it with rose-tinted glasses. It's not a great movie. I can't really defend it other than to say there's a couple of good moments in it, maybe, but yeah, not a but, film I particularly enjoy. <laughs> but but it's, besides the story, that is debatable, but it really looks good. Amazing Spider-Man 2 looks yeah. really good. So yeah, And, you That's know, true. I was like, when did Amazing Spider-Man 2 come out? Like, 20... 2012, I think. Yeah, I, I was around 10 years old, so, like, I didn't care about the story very much. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I, I, I just... I know, I do, I do too, but I have a similar experience. Um, it's not on my honourable mentions or anything, because I couldn't claim it was a good film, but I remember having the time of my life when I went to the cinema to watch the 2005 Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> Which I had no excuse because I was twenty three. I wasn't really young. Was just like, you know. I was working as a film critic for the Times, but <laughs> I probably was actually. In fact, no, I genuinely definitely was in the last year of my film studies degree. At which point I was watching that, but you know, hey, look, it was well before the MCU, so superhero films were few and far between. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. But yeah. Plus, it was the only one I'd managed to drag my mom and sister and my little brother, who was like four at the time, to go and see. So it was just a fun family experience. But no, I'm not shouting that out as any kind of honorable mention or a good film. It just happens to be, I think, the first, probably the first one I remember seeing in the cinema as a strong memory, because the ones before that, the likes of Spider-Man and X-Men and stuff, I think I saw on video. Well, I did definitely see Spider-Man 2, which might have been beforehand. Anyway, <laughs> moving on then, DK, what were some of your, or, or all of your honourable mentions? And here, what was the first superhero film you saw in cinemas? Why not? Oh, God. The first the first thing I saw, superhero, this is going to map me out as ancient. The first thing I saw at the cinema as a superhero film was actually the Nicholas Hammond Spider-Man TV movie. Wow. That is oh. a deep old man call right there. <laughs> yes, I'll be collecting my pension tomorrow. <laughs> 1970-something, I believe, the, yeah. uh, the Nicholas Hammond stuff. Wow. And I also saw, the, it was a re-release, I also saw uh, the Batman movie, the Adam West one, at the cinema. Oh, wow, okay, 66, yeah. That was, but, <laughs> that was actually quite funny, because they were holding like a little superhero marathon that week. So one week it was the Batman, another day it was Flash Gordon. And I remember one kid being sat there for half an hour at the cinema, and then he stood up. And then he went, this isn't Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it took him half an hour to realize. Yeah, it took him half an hour. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Oh, man. I, uh, I mentioned my first Marvel movie that I saw in cinemas, my first actual superhero movie, and I genuinely can remember this vividly, was actually Batman and Robin. <laughs> I was 15, and even then I was old enough to know I just, I, I want to forget that that was one of the first things I saw yeah. in cinema. So anyway, carrying on, what was your, your honourable mentions anyway? Well, I, I just have to clarify, my top 10, it's a list of personal favourites and not necessarily anything that I believe oh, yeah. holds particular merit. So okay. you're going to be shocked at some of my entries, and so therefore you're going to be shocked at some of my honourable mentions, which is Iron Man. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it kicked the MCU off. Uh, Incredible Hulk, which everybody doesn't seem to like at all. It nearly made my top ten. 
Wow, underrated, oh, yeah, but not, yeah. not in any of my lists. But yeah, definitely yeah, underrated I, for sure. I can always watch it. Whenever it's on television, I can always sit down and watch it. And to me, that's when they actually started building the MCU with the whole Tony Stark thing at the end and yeah. Thunderbolt Ross. So those two, uh, Big Hero 6, Ooh, really okay. incredible. Uh, okay. Uh, the Wolverine slash Logan. I loved the Wolverine the first half, but when they introduced Silver Samurai at the film. end... It just <laughs> fell apart. Logan, I just found that film so boring. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Logan. I just couldn't. I couldn't get into it by that point. The X Men franchise at that point. I love it. I think it's a fantastic movie, and I think it's extremely well acted. But the franchise at that point had been running to the ground so much that I, I just really wasn't interested. Okay. And my last two are Deadpool. And, okay. Yeah. And Into the Spider Verse, which. Again, wow. was in the top ten until one late edition. Who so, the only Oscar winner for best okay animated, but still best picture? <laughs> I think. Uh, I, 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 I do have a confession to make here. What you've I, never seen it? No, not yet. I, I, I've been wanting to do for like ever, and I just never get around. Every time I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch it. Now something happens. Wow. Uh, weirdly enough, Will hasn't seen it either, so it wouldn't be on his list, I know, for, just from talking to wow. him. So, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Shocking. It's People are already turning the video off now. <laughs> no, not right. having it. That should have been the number one. <laughs> That's fair enough. Was that all of your honourable mentions then? It was, yes. yes. That's fair enough. We share one in common, uh, which was... There was three movies wrestling for my number 10 spot, and one of those was also Big Hero 6, um, because I feel like it deserves a mention for being both like a perfectly fitting into the Disney animated kind of canon, but also a great Marvel superhero type movie and adapting the comics. So it's, it's nothing like what the comic is, but it actually ends up kind of better. <laughs> it's still yeah. there. Yeah, it's, it's really, really enjoyable. And especially if you have young kids, it's probably the, the most fun one you could watch without worrying about like violence or adult content or anything like that. So it was and very close to my number 10. up there as one of the best in his career. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I would say the same thing about Spider-Verse, but given that you know, half of you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was one of my honorable mentions. The other one that was struggling to, to make its way in uh, was Blade, the original Blade, um, mainly for kicking off Marvel movies because it really was the first one that was a success and it's bizarre to think because it's not really a well-known character and I think people at the time didn't even realise it was a Marvel comic. It was just they were watching it just as a, a kind of vampire Snipes film. vehicle, yeah. wasn't it? Exactly, but I mean, before that, the only thing that had come close to being a Marvel cinematic release was the 1990 Captain America film which is just hilariously awful. If you've never seen it, it's just worth I, a look just for how absolutely campy it is. <laughs> I've seen it, and I love the Captain America bodysuit where it's just a straight line down either side. He's like a walking <laughs> brick wall. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe J.D. Salinger's grandson, Matt Salinger, playing Captain America now? <laughs> I know. But, I mean, you know, it had Ned Beatty. It had Ronnie Cox. Yeah, yeah, it, I know. It's yeah. better than it, and it had any right to be. Yeah, oh, but it's so hilarious when Captain America just fakes being ill and then runs off and steals somebody's car. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I have to watch soon. <laughs> it's so cheesy, and for no reason they changed the Red Skull into an Italian. Italian. <laughs> and it looked like they were using makeup that was left over from Hellraiser 2. Oh, it really did, yeah. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, so that wasn't one of my honorable mentions, but I will say, since we're on the subject of a Captain America, the first Avenger was one of my honorable mentions. I think it gets overlooked a lot, and it's, it's a really a good film. film. So, yeah. yeah, It's a lot going for it, and it's very much the old-fashioned kind of four-color heroics, I think probably the most of that, those type of films that you get in the MCU. Um, I have to mention Avengers Endgame in my honorable mentions because people will be shocked, but it's not in the top ten just because the first hour and a half, two hours of it are not that compelling and kind of get confusing and weird. Um, it almost made it into the top ten on the basis of the last hour alone, but one hour out of three does not great movie make, in my opinion, I'm afraid. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I mean, probably Avengers 4 is a very good movie, but it's not one that I particularly enjoy to watch. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really good as as the ending of this whole thing, and it works perfectly in that regard, but like, I can't see myself re-watching this. Because it's no, just you like, have to really set aside the time and sit down and be like, right, well, I'm going to watch this. And this it's, pretty, it's pretty boring, boring if you re remove the impact it had at the time. Yeah. Ending yeah, I don't think it's all that whole... well done. As I said, the confusing time travel antics and stuff really don't age that well after the first viewing either. And the more you think about it, the worse it gets, frankly. Well, but, I, see as a, I see it as just the second part of the same story. So I'm kind of cheating mm. on my list a little. So, But okay. I'll get to yeah, that when it comes okay. to it. That's That's, well, I can understand that because it is basically yeah, Infinity War Part 2 at one point, wasn't it? So, yeah. um, and the last yeah. honourable mentions that I wanted to bring up. Everyone knows how crazy I am for Spider-Man, so you're going to hear Spider-Man's name probably more than once in the top 10, uh, but I have to <laughs> shout out the ones that didn't quite make it and could easily have done, which are Spider-Man, the original Sam Raimi, and Spider-Man Far From Home, which were both good, but not good enough for my top 10, I'm afraid. <laughs> that's fair enough. That's fair. Uh, yeah, so that uh, I think that's covered all of the honourable mentions and a few little random things we wanted to mention, so... Uh, we will officially start going into people's top tens now. And Does Will not have any? No, he didn't give me any honourable mentions. He just gave me his actual top ten. He shuffled oh, okay. around the order within the top ten a couple of times, but it was still the same ten films. To be fair, he hasn't seen a ton of them, and he's sometimes critical of some things. Like I said, it's surprising. When you hear some of the ones that made it into his list, you might be shocked, but it just so happens that he's seen them and enjoyed them and didn't listen to the critics on a couple of occasions. So, But then again... <laughs> I mean, we just had a shout-out for Amazing Spider-Man 2, so anything can happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to get worse. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of which, we're gonna, as I say, we'll go clockwise from where I am on my screen. So we're going to start with you, Toby, uh, and ask what is your number 10 film on your list? My number 10 is the best family-friendly type comedy-ish kind of movie that Marvel has done, and it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. Wow. Okay. I, wow. I enjoy this movie so much because it's just so much fun. It's just it's just a joy to watch. It, <laughs> I, You're going to hate me. That is probably literally my least favorite MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't get on board with it. It just got so silly and ridiculous. And yeah, but that's what I like about changing. it. It's just... <sighs> no, it is Paul Rudd at the end of the day. If you're expecting yeah, Shakespeare, exactly. you're going to be a little disappointed. Yeah. I liked the first Ant-Man film a lot, but Ant-Man and the Wasp, I just didn't, I couldn't get on board with it, and it seemed like it didn't have a villain, and like I said, it got stupid with all of its size changing, and sometimes things weird something, and sometimes they didn't, and I just couldn't get on board with it, so apologies, that's why I'm not going to be bigging it up as such, but by all means, if you wanted to give us some more reasons why you love, other than the fact that it's just fun, <laughs> and a bit of a romp, why you love Ant-Man and the Wasp, Toby? 
I mean, I'm, I, I always love this kind of visual stuff where it's like, you know, shrinking stuff and just, you know, where it's like multiple layers of fights, in, you know, yeah. this kind of stuff. I really love watching this and it's going to reflect on my list later on that I just really like this kind of kind of fights. And yeah, I just think it's funny. It's I just love watching it. And I rewatched it actually quite lately, which means like, three months ago, four months ago, I don't know, because I remember liking it and was like, okay, I have to rewatch it because I don't know anything about it. And I like it even more after we watch it because, I don't know. yeah, it's it's just fun. It's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's just, yeah, it just, I mean, it's, yeah. it just gives me a good time. It just gives me a good time. It definitely is fun, and I think a lot of people that kind of were on board with it would have said the same thing. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, man? And the was quickly then, DK, if you have any. <laughs> no, I, I, I did enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it like you as much as the first one. I'm not uh, I'm not the world's biggest fan of uh, Angeline Lilly, if I'm being honest. But mm. uh, it had some good set pieces. It had some good moments. It doesn't, it, it doesn't never hits me as being that particularly memorable. But yeah. when you always sit down and watch it, I always find it fun. I mean, it's yeah, not the best good. movie, but it's it's certainly not the uh, it's certainly not the worst. I can see why uh, Toby would put it in a put in his list if if you know fun <laughs> is the criteria. Yeah, that's so weird because that would be a massive difference because it would probably be in my bottom ten if I was making it <laughs> bottom ten Marvel movies. But to each their own. I mean, why not? Uh, you know, if I like the same stuff, it would be boring. So awesome. Uh, so we'll go to you then, DK, now and ask for your number ten film. Right. So bearing in mind. As with Toby's honourable mention, it's the films that matter to us and what we prefer, okay? Of course, yeah. So, yeah. with that in mind, are you both sitting down? <laughs> okay, I'm bracing myself. Right. My number 10 is Howard the Duck. No! <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. And yet, I kind of love that it's in here. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I mean, the very idea of it being on anybody's list is pretty much heresy. However, in recent years... I mean, it's developed a cult following, but in a yeah. twisted way, it kind of began the Marvel superhero movie scene. It did. I credited it to Blade, but it actually is the first big yeah. screen Marvel movie. You're right. So in fairness, if it had been a better movie, it would have also derailed Marvel movies for several <laughs> years. But in some alternate reality, I like to believe that Howard would have been the foundation of the MCU. As it stands, it's just there. <laughs> and, it's, and it's there because of my personal love for it. It, I mean, it's a top ten of his personal favourites, and this movie it hit me at just the right time. It was at the cinema, same time as Transformers, the movie, the good one, and it was <laughs> back then. It was uh, cinematic heaven for a nerd like me. When wow. it was released on video, my friend Jamie, hello Jamie, and I would rent this every single week. I mean, yes, it's got some incredibly bad elements, such as the issue of Play Duck and the hot tub parlour. But for every con, that's at least funny to be fair, though. <laughs> yeah, but for every con, for me, there's a pro. I think Tim Robbins is great in it, it's very funny. It's got a fantastic chase section, a beautiful John Barry score. It's got some amazing special effects. I mean, it's only my opinion, but you'll never find as good a piece of stop motion animation as The Dark Overlord. Then, of course, I hate it. I really oh, hate that. I love it. <laughs> and above all, We've talked about this before. It features the Howard the Duck principle. Yep. <laughs> Mike knows what I'm talking about. For everybody else, TLDR, Leah Thompson. Uh, yep. 
And it, it, even in, it even introduced me to the music of Thomas Dolby, who I've been a fan of ever since. It is cheesy garbage. I'm aware it's cheesy garbage. I mean, I'm a mystery science theater watcher, but I will always love it. So suck it, haters. I will say I, I recognize that it's bad, and it probably is something that I would say is the worst, but there's still so much. Like, I don't regret having ever watched it, and I've watched it so many like, times just in passing on TV and stuff because... They know what they're doing with the really dumb jokes. So if you're in on the joke, you kind of feel like, oh, I kind of get what's happening here. You know, the uh, the duck feathers springing up when he has a little duck boner or the, you know, the condom inside of his wallet and like the play duck and the ducks with breasts and stuff. That, that's de deliberately ridiculous. That's the whole point. But having said that, as you said, as, as per someone who grew up as of a certain age around that time period, uh, seeing Leia Thompson acting seductive, even if it is to a really bad animatronic duck, you can't almost make the top it. ten alone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Wow. I kind of love that Howard the Duck is at least in somebody's <laughs> list. I really do. So. Awesome. Have you ever seen it, by the way, Toby? I, I actually have. Um, I think it's one of the kinds of movie that's it's so bad it's kind of endearing. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's, I've come around on it in a lot of the same ways. The only things I can really criticize for being bad, I think, are the special effects, which the kind of blue lightning stuff and the contrary to you, the bizarre puppet Dark Overlord special effects and stuff just didn't work for me at all. Oh, um, I love it. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, I'm, getting a, I'm getting duck boner as we speak. <laughs> you flatten those feathers on your head down. And don't uh, <laughs> don't consider the fact that if he'd gotten his way with Leah Thompson, ducks have a corkscrew penis and it would have ensnared her. That's not to think about that. Oh God! <laughs> we're, we're go, we're, oh God! I dread to think of the porn parodies that would have come out around that time. <laughs> we do not want to know, but we know what they're called because you only need to change one letter. So <laughs> oh! <laughs> and the last person just shut off their YouTube. <laughs> if they didn't switch off already after the last yeah. couple of bits. Spider-Verse yeah. in nobody's I mean, lists, and then Howard the I mean, Duck. Have you seen Spider-Man 2? Howard the Duck? Right, I'm not listening to these people. <laughs> uh, how about I move us on to my number 10? <laughs> Please <laughs> swiftly. Please See if do. I can claw back the audience from the uh, the jaws <laughs> of defeat. Um, my number 10 is an X-Men film. Uh, it is X-Men First Class. Um, I don't love most of the X-Men movies, because I just don't think they get the comics, characters, and stuff right. And I grew up on the the '90s cartoon series, which is just untouchable in my eyes. Um, so yeah. I'm never really gonna like anything that's afraid of those brave, colourful costumes and stuff. And I was one of the annoying people that, when the first movie made the joke about like, "Did you expect the yellow spandex?" I was like, "Yes, yes, frankly. <laughs> you know, why not?" <laughs> but yeah. So, but X-Men First Class was the first one for me that I was like, wow, this captured, because it's set in the 60s, it gets to be a little bit more cheesy and, and lean into that kind of thing. Plus, it has fantastic performances, especially from Fassbender and McAvoy. Um, you know, incredibly sexy Emma Frost in there. You can't complain about that. <laughs> um, and just a really cool sort of Cold War type plot mingled with the, the formation of the X-Men, who get to be bright and colorful and have their yellow costumes and display their powers in the funky Marvel tradition. So... Yeah, for me, and to be fair, Matthew Vaughan as a director, just absolutely outstanding. Um, I love most, if not all, of the films he's directed, uh, and this one is no exception. And I really, really, really wish they would give him a Superman film because they keep threatening it, and it just hasn't happened, and I want to see what that would look like. So, 
that would yeah, that would yeah. that would encourage someone at DC to actually have some some brains as to uh, what to put together. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I mentioned I mentioned a DC character that wasn't Batman for a second. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> get out, blasphemer. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about the distinguished competition. So, uh, did you guys have any thoughts on X Men First Class, or is it maybe one that may come up in your lists later? I don't like any of the X Men movies. <laughs> I can't blame I you. <laughs> uh, the spin-off, the spin-offs like Wolverine and Deadpool, and mm. I like them, but the mainstream, ma mainstream, main line, I don't know. Just the movies that have X Men in the name, I yeah. don't like. No, I, yeah, I don't I like never any of them. I'm trying to think of. I can think of anything I, positive see, about I them. Could, no, I could make a case outside of the actual director, which will, we won't go there, but I can make a case for like X-Men 2 and Days of Future Past being good, but even then they're just not quite good enough. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say the first two X-Men I at least enjoyed to a degree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the first and the second accent, I actually watched it and, and wasn't having a bad time watching it. Yeah, the others, uh, and it gets progressively worse. That's, that's the worst yeah, about it. The first class was the one that brought it back. If I may, you know, I think it was getting worse because you had one and two that were fine, then three was bad, then Origins Wolverine was awful, and then first class we all went in expecting the worst, and I was pleasantly surprised it was good. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, don't talk about Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. Oh man, no, oh. no, no! I haven't even seen the New Mutants because I just couldn't bring myself to. I, 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 ha oh, no, I haven't either. I'm just. <laughs> I have, I've actually seen it, and wow. because I saw it with the lowest of the low, low expectations, I actually came away from it thinking, Do you know, that wasn't a pile of garbage. Bearing in mind what some of the X Men films have been, yeah. Wow. I'm I think the low point for me is still Dark Phoenix. Because, like, how many people were fired off this film? Well, how many times was it delayed? I think. Like, oh, the film, the film must be about 10 years old on, on its release. Time. Yeah, Missy Williams is like 16 in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah. Um, what, did you uh, have any thoughts on X-Men First Class DK? Is it a film you've seen and enjoyed? Or you think I'm crazy? It's, it's one of the... There's only three X-Men movies that from the main line, actually mm. enjoyed, and that was one of them. And it came very close to being on the list, but it was placed by by another. It's it was a really decent fresh start. It's a shame they squandered it. Yeah, completely. And by, by ignoring it and just going straight back to the uh, the known quantity in Days of Future Past, which worked for one movie, but then as you say, plus it kind of is to blame, unfortunately, for the fact that they felt they had to move the decade ahead yeah. every movie to the point that it made no sense that. In yeah. Apocalypse, they were in the 90s but hadn't aged. <laughs> just, just... The, the thing with Days of Future Past, I don't like, but I appreciate what it's doing. I, I can see what they were trying to do. I'm like, okay, that's at least interesting. They had an interesting mm. idea. It didn't work, but at least it was interesting. So That's fair enough. Um, I'll move yeah. to the, the fourth member of our group who's not here. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say it like that as if he's dead or something. He's just at work. But... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, which is kind of worse when you think about it. <laughs> he's at a better place. In some ways, enough. yes. <laughs> worse than death so will's number 10 film on his list is captain america civil war um civil war. i wanted to uh, i wanted to mention as much as i could by just looking at will's letterbox and did ask him for permission so that's fine um just for what he thought about these movies but all he's got to say on this one is simply four stars can i go to sleep now which doesn't really give me a lot of information okay. <laughs> um, 
But uh, yeah, <laughs> so he likes the movie. But at this point, I think he was perhaps draining because I was trying to, as I recall, get him to watch the entire MCU in as quickly a time as possible. So it's perhaps a lot to take in. But... That didn't include Inhumans, did it? Because if it did, I can, un- I can no. understand why he's here. It's surprising he's even talking to you. <laughs> no, I didn't include any of the TV shows uh, or any other stuff like that. Just literally the main, whatever amount it was, movies at the time, I think. Right, so because we'll go I to the number stuff. nines. Uh, and we'll ask Toby again, what's the number nine movie on your list? You know, um, when we talk about the X-Men movies, I kind of said, you know, I only didn't enjoy the mainline movies because number nine mm-hmm. is actually a spin-off of X-Men. It's the second Deadpool movie. which I Deadpool 2? Yeah, which wow. I think is better than Deadpool 1 because um, <sighs> the, thing, the thing is with Deadpool 1 is I didn't really care about the dramatic story at all. So I'm just kind of glad that it isn't there. It's the second movie, and it's just dumb and stupid and fun and it's just campy. And I love um, how she called Domino, the one that's just lucky all the way through. Uh, yeah, I think she's this is hilarious. I think the Asian lesbians, whatever this, this was, that was hilarious. And I I just think this this movie is one of no, it is it is the funniest M's, uh, Marvel movie. Mm. I just um, right. I just think, think it's very funny. It's not it's not like good in a story way or something, but it's just it's a comedy. So who cares? I see. Yeah. Yeah. Good stories. So yeah, I guess if you just accept that it's ridiculous and can can get away with that, it's just I. Again, I'm, I promise we are friends, but I just I, I really didn't like that movie. <laughs> also, also I, what I think is really funny is the in, in, Invisible Man. I would have been more on board with all that yeah. had they not like, marketed the film as being our oh, exporter in this movie, and they're there for one cheap gag to kill them all off. And it's like, oh. Okay, I, I, <laughs> okay I, I, I didn't know about that marketing that was... It yeah. came out at a time where I wasn't really that much into Marvel. Where I'm like, oh, I need to look at every trailer. What is coming out? It just yeah, yeah, yeah. The cinema and was like, okay. So I, I didn't can understand know where, as the... a comedy, it would work really well. But I was expecting a bit more. Right. I think of the yeah, okay. Deadpool action, action plot type stuff. And I do like the first Deadpool movie um, because I think that that gets it exactly right with the fourth wall breaking and. But I do think, yeah, the second one, I think, was a lot of, like, the same kind of jokes as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I think you're going to get that of... in that kind of franchise, though, when it comes mm. to, you know, you've got Ryan Reynolds in the lead. You are going to get a lot of crossover. There's not going to be that much difference because what worked so well in the first movie, they're not going to turn around, especially at somewhere like Fox, and go, oh, let's change it up. It's just going to yeah. be ad infinitum. Yeah. Plus, there are some, to be fair, though, there are some great jokes in it. I mean, the, even just for the the fact that he gets like the time device or whatever from Cable and uses it to like murder Ryan Reynolds before he makes Origins Wolverine and Green Lantern. Yeah. <laughs> that level of humor you've kind of got to appreciate just for. Okay, fair enough. It's meta as heck, but it's funny. There are it? there are some good scenes like the is it the the, the crash where they're playing Enya. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. that section and and I love it just for the fact that we actually get a decent iteration of Juggernaut. Uh, if you say so, <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on, <laughs> anything, anything's I mean... better than Vinnie Jones in a BDSM mask. <laughs> it's better than <laughs> Vinnie Jones doing internet memes from 1997, but only just. <laughs> it's 
Yeah, I, I think it's got some some funny parts in it. It's not one that stands out as really memorable to me. Mm. But the the parts that I do remember, I do remember with fondness. I, you know, it gave me a laugh. So that's fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, well, that gets two points anyway because it's uh, the number nine movie for uh, for Toby, um, which doesn't crack the combined top ten just yet. But we'll see how we keep going. Uh, and we'll ask DK, what is your number nine movie then for two solid points? Okay. Uh, this is following on from your. Number 10, actually. So my number nine is Days of Future Past. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Yeah, for me, it just just edges out first class as uh, part of the, one of the two that revamped the franchise. It's got some incredibly weird decisions to get uh, mm. its runtime in, looking at you, Rogue, and uh, Kitty Pride. But it, uh, it mashes up what came before with Vaughn's first class iteration quite successfully, yeah. in my opinion. Unfortunately, after that, they may should have left it as the final film, as it would have made a nice bookend mm. to the series. Instead, we ended up, you know, as Toby says, getting Dark Phoenix and Apocalypse, which for me put me off the entire thing afterwards. Well, even and... as much as people laud it, even Logan basically just basically shits on the ending of Days of Future Past, which is like, everyone's back and we're all happy and things are great. And then you go to Logan and it's like, and they all immediately died. Yeah, it's just but it's a bummer. It's, but it, it, it's with it's Fox. They've got no idea what they're doing with regards to continuity. But yeah, I just, definitely. I just like the fact. It was nice to see. I mean, they weren't what our Sentinels, what you see in the comic books and the cartoon. But it was nice to have. The they Sentinels. were better than the ones they tried to do before. In fairness, yeah. Uh, Whatever the heck we got in X Men Three, it's still better than that. Yeah. Oh God, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a decent movie, and I think it mashed them quite together. But as I say, it was law of diminishing returns after that. Mm. Out of curiosity, have you seen the Rogue cut of uh, Deals Beach Past? I haven't. I think Rogue oh. is the least interesting character in the X Men movie. So anything that featured more of her ah, was an automatic okay. turn off for me. It does make the story make a bit more sense because that's the version that I have on on Blu-ray, just at random. I don't know why, just it was the one that I got, <laughs> and it does kind of make it all make more sense, and it makes. Because it seems to me kind of nonsensical that Kitty Pride's powers are the ones that do the whole business. That's the when one that threw me, but I figured it was just to get the runtime in. I just figured, okay, I can I can gloss over that bullshit as long as you know it's an entirely yeah. disbelief suspending. But yeah I, I, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I've got good memories of going to the cinema. Things were nice at that time in my life, and you know it's it's mm. a whole nostalgia trip, I guess. I will say I, I was really impressed with the, like you said, even though the Sentinels weren't perfect, the sort of fight scenes in the future with the the familiar futurized X-Men and then they'd even thrown in like Blink and Bishop and a few others. Uh, and they were really yeah. good, like really well done in the post-apocalyptic sort of world. But like you see, I was kind of less bothered about it as soon as it hit back in the 1970s and I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's, again, it's a continuity thing because you look at, I think it was the post credit scene in... Wolverine, yeah, the Wolverine, and yeah. Uh, Magneto turns up, uh, and Professor X, who's been dead, yeah. and says, yeah. "Oh, we need some help." And then all of a sudden, your days of future past. Oh, yeah, they needed help about forty years later. So you just think, <laughs> well, what the hell is people doing here? I don't know if it was supposed to be forty years. That's the problem because, like, with the the fact that they decided that the lesson from first class was keep it in the past. So, like the. 70s was where they were going back to i think it was like the idea was it was present day but it had become post-apocalyptic 
out of nowhere in the, you know since the Wolverine ended, <laughs> yet they were going back to the seventies. So yeah, yeah it's, it it's very a very weird. whoever need whoever did continuity at Fox needs a talking to. Yeah. Although I will yeah. say as well, talking about great scenes, there was an awesome scene of um, Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy interacting, but then they're two of my favourite actors, so it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Days of Future Past then, Toby? Yeah, I, I kind of said everything before. Not a fan uh, of the X-Men uh, movies? <laughs> no, but I, I, I think like Days of Future Past just doesn't work for me. But again, I said it before, I find it, in, I find it interesting. I find this movie is very interesting. I do have to look. It's been a while since I watched it, so I do have to look at it again to really dig deep into what didn't specifically work for me because I don't remember. I just remember yeah. finishing it and being like, "No, this didn't work for me." But like, just the general storyline of what they wanted to do is a very good storyline, and I like it for that. I have to as well. I can't go on without mentioning that it was um, the film that introduced us to the fantastic Quicksilver action sequences, um, which yeah. are the best two things about Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, frankly. Pretty much a repeat of what, what happened in... Yeah, but it had better music in Apocalypse. Oh, and a funny, a funny dog with a pizza in its mouth. <laughs> It's Although the to best be fair, part of apocalypse. yeah, definitely. Although it did end with like, oop, and it turns out we weren't quite in time to rescue Havoc. Oh well, <laughs> you know. So yeah. even then, it's kind of like, oof, guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyway, we'll move on to my my personal number nine, uh, if I can find it. Uh, and my number nine is Blade Two. <laughs> uh, I mentioned the first Blade was in my honorable mentions. I had to say it for me. It's always been a question of which is the best between these two, and I always lean towards Blade 2 because it's Guillermo del Toro. The man is an absolute legend, you know, and he brings his own level of weird bizarreness to, like, the Reaper vampires. Plus, I'm a sucker for the whole we have to team up with our enemy against a greater threat kind of plot that you get in that. And I yeah. just think the action was fantastic. Ron Perlman's in it being amazing. Um, Danny John Jules, who plays Cat in Red Dwarf, shows up in that movie as a vampire. I mean, what more could you ask for, you know? Um, Luke Goss from Bross is the main villain. <laughs> yeah, that, that threw me at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, you look at it now, and he's not bad. He does a good job. No, you know? he's, he's, um, he's turned out to be quite a decent actor. What with that and Hellboy too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a couple of action films and stuff, but you know, you're gonna get that, aren't you? But yeah, yeah. I just I think Blade Two is just the better made, better crafted film, and it is. I love that Del Toro was allowed to bring his own level of quirky monster kind of weirdness to what was already a vampire movie. So uh, that was my number nine and my preferred Blade movie uh, out of the two that exist because there's only two. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> These people that say there's a third one, I don't know what they're smoking, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's very strange it's where the only <laughs> thing that anyone can remember from a movie is a line, which is an insult. <laughs> I can I can't actually remember another thing from that movie which is not intended as an insult, but is one of the perhaps the finest examples of terrible screenwriting you'll ever hear in your life, which is just immediately upon calling somebody a cock. Parker Posey's character goes up to uh, Ryan Reynolds and just goes, stop mentioning penises. It provokes my envy. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Blade Trinity, not a good movie, as it turns out. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, Blade 2, that was my number nine. So any thoughts uh, from either of you guys on uh, on Blade 2 then? 
if I'm being honest, I've I've only ever seen it once when it, not long after it came out, and I and I remember enjoying it, but I've not gone back. I've not, the 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 entire Blade thing, it was okay. It never really grabbed me as a character. Uh, it was yeah, I saw it more as a Wesley Snipes vehicle than a Marvel movie, and I didn't like that they brought Christopherson back. Ah, uh, yeah, that not, was a bit silly. Yeah, not that I didn't don't like the character. No, and I don't, no but it was. I don't like, it was just you just think. I oh, do hate God. when they do that when it's like one movie he's definitively dead. You know, not doing anything in the second movie. It's like, which is remind we don't want to we want to undo that, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm with yeah. you on that. That was kind of stupid. But uh, yeah, I remember enjoying it, but I, there's I don't really remember much of it other than other than the uh, the creatures. What about you, uh, DK? Have you actually seen any of the Blade movies or Blade Two specifically? Uh, not DK, sorry, Toby. <laughs> Uh, Get me out of your mind, Wilson. Yes, uh, I I did see the Blade movies. I, I don't know if I've seen the third one. Actually, I don't remember. Um, it's been a long. You're not time. missing anything. <laughs> it's been a no, even couple of years since uh, I watched them, and I don't know the details of it, but I remember watching it and being like, "That was okay. That was fine. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was nice." Hmm. Yeah, it's very horror, to be fair. If you're younger, I don't think it would necessarily be the sort of thing that would have appealed because it's quite dark and, like I said, there's a lot of monster freakishness and stuff that I would certainly understand kids not Yeah, it's pretty much my genre. <laughs> yeah, which, which is fair enough. If you're not a horror fan, then, by, you know, it's never going to appeal to you, is it? So, well, the, um, only, the only horror film I really like is It. I really love It. <laughs> <laughs> I think if horror's worked into things quite well, it can work because I think Sam Raimi, I like his Evil Dead films, but... I think the way he's able to work horror into a 12A in the first, um, well, especially in the second Spider-Man, um, but in, even in bits of the first one. And I'm really looking forward to what he can do with uh, Doctor Strange, because even from just Ooh, the yeah. trailers, the crazy sort of zombie strange and stuff, and uh, Wanda going nuts covered in blood. And I was like, wow, this is going to be, they are promising it'll be more of a horror film, and I'm kind of here for it. So, <laughs> you know. But, I kind of uh, yeah. don't believe it's going to be that that horror, like, oh, it'll not be horrific, it's still going to be a 12A. I mean, it's not going to want to shut out the audience, but yeah, <laughs> I kind of wish it would <laughs> just just for the fun of it. Well, I know why they don't the... do it, but if they're making an MCU Blade movie, at which point they kind of have to make it higher yeah. rated if, because if Raimi can bring half as much fun to Doctor Strange as he did in uh, oh, Drag Me to Hell with that goat, yes, I'm yes, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sold. And just knows his stuff. I should have basically said as well. Sorry, this is I, this is well coming way too late. But um, I forgot to mention that Doctor Strange was also in my honourable mentions, which was another contender for my number ten slot. And I feel good that it's outside of my top ten because I love that movie. But it's a, I, I know people that absolutely loathe it, and I don't get the hate for it. To me, uh, I love it. it it's it's like it. being much. wrapped up in a cozy Marvel blanket. I'm on to Will's number nine film now, I believe, uh, and. In a lovely bit of symmetry that I promise I did not intend, Will's number nine film is Doctor Strange. Oh, <laughs> okay. I didn't look ahead, I promise, but that is genuinely his number nine movie. So, um, again, just heading over to Letterboxd, he gave this movie four stars as well. And in typical, not really giving a review style, has just written, I finally found the time, LMAO. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> bad puns aside, I think he, he likes the film, and at least it made... Uh, his top 10 even if it didn't make mine so i'm kind of here for that and uh yeah ninth place on will's list not too shabby at all so um yeah we'll head over to uh toby now then for your number eight film number eight. eight yeah that's right um i think my number eight is the first movie where it's not like hugely surprising or it's you know 
the people just go, what? Uh, I have the first Guardians of the Galaxy at number eight, which oh, okay, I think fair is generally very liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, as you say, it's a popular movie, a lot going for it, great soundtrack, uh, you know, pro proper sci-fi, embracing the silliness and somehow working with the talking raccoon in the tree. What more can you possibly say? So, um, I, what I think is the best about this movie is just the dynamics work so well, and yeah, good the casting. chemistry is all over there, and it's just, mm, it's good. It's just so fun. It's it's James Gunn when he decides that he can do kind of quirky without it being over the top, violent and stupid and gory. Yeah. I think is and where he works the best. It's it's just an, an adventure in movie form. Just... Yes, absolutely. It is kind of the MCU's uh, version of Star Wars, I guess, is, in yeah. a way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Move to DK uh, and ask you what is your number eight film? Okay, my number eight. Again, we're going back, and this is the last, I guess, kind of dubious one. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's X2. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I, want, I wasn't incredibly impressed with the first one. I was a huge fan of the books and the cartoon, as you've mentioned. And any mm. excitement I had at seeing some of my favourite characters were completely flattened on the movie release with its dull look. Mm. Uh, the cast choices, apart from a couple of notable exceptions, and cringeworthy dialogue. I mean, you know, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? <laughs> Good grief. It was okay, it was watchable, but not what I wanted. The second one, however, from seeing the billboards, because we didn't have, you know, really internet trailers back then, Advertising uh, the sequel, it had me really excited. And while costuming choices were fought on from the first, more of the other choices were a little more on point, especially with casting like Alan Cumming as Nightcrawler. Yeah, that's true. Bearing in mind it was, you know, years and years and years before crossovers were a uh, ubiquitous, there's some really fantastic Easter eggs for fans of the books and a sense yes. of electricity in this one. When I saw it, uh, I was traveling. I actually, I was actually traveling around Europe when it was released, and I was searching all over Italy at that point to find a cinema that was showing it. Finally, saw it in Rome, where they provided earphones for anyone wanting to watch it in the original English version. And myself and my traveling companion, we were cheering all the way through, which you know, mm -hmm. head with headphones probably wasn't the best for those around us. <laughs> you know, I just, I just really enjoyed it, and that final scene with the silhouette of the phoenix under the water had me so hyped for the follow-up. If there only so much had, that didn't deliver yeah, the hook. If only it hadn't come. Yes, well, um, I'm going to give you a sentence or two now that will explain my exact feelings on X Men Two and the reasons why. Um, my favorite X Man and one of my favorite Marvel characters is Cyclops. So, as you can imagine, I flip and hate X Men Two because he appears for about a minute and a half. Those movies just slaughtered that character who is supposed to be the leader of the team. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the nerve of having Wolverine as team leader by the third one instead of Cyclops. I was like, no, nope, I'm out. Screw it. Yeah. I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I like so. the I like the additions, like I said, of uh, Nightcrawler and Lady Deathstrike. And I think that scene in the White House at the end. That that is mm. such a, a well played scene, but it promised, as you say, it promised so much, and then afterwards it just kind of dove into a ditch. There's lots to like in the movie. I probably shouldn't say I hate it because, like I said, I recognise it as one of the better movies. And things like the well, the opening sequence, the Nightcrawler teleporting in the White House, and 
Uh, even the might call it teleporting to rescue Rogue when she falls out of the plane and stuff like that. Um, really cool action sequences, but like I said, it's just it's I, I, for some reason I just resent that they're using like the seventies and eighties X Men and not the originals, which are my X Men team, I guess. So I just want to see Beast and Cyclops and <laughs> Archangel or whatever. <laughs> and we're not oh, getting God. that; we're getting flipping Rogue and Wolverine and Storm and all. <laughs> yeah, but when we did get things like Angel in Last Stand, good yeah. grief. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> the less said about that, the better. I yeah, guess. but but X two, <laughs> X two, I really enjoyed. Fair enough. Um, so that was your number eight. Eight is that yeah. right? Um, so I'm on to Will's number eight on his list now, uh, and his number eight is Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Uh, so, and he uh, says about that film. I've just realized I didn't give you my number eight yet. I'll do that after I've given you yours. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just ignore the fact that we're out of order. I promise I will uh, I will go back to it. So, yeah. Well, um, on Letterboxd, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, it's, it's amazing I'm even keeping it this well together. <laughs> but never mind. Um, so, yeah, what Will says on Letterboxd about this one is that he gives it four stars as well. Uh, and his write-up is just simply, to your left and Scarlett Johansson, that is all. Well, and a terrible villain that drops two points because I simply didn't care. Which is a bit weird. And uh, yeah, he did actually misquote because it's not to your left, Will. It's on your left. So pay more attention. You might enjoy the film more. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was his number eight. So my number eight film. And uh, this, I, I apologize that it's not higher considering the sheer blasphemy of everybody else on board. But my number eight film is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yay! Yay. <laughs> it didn't get mentioned. <laughs> um. I feel bad now because I was going to say like it might have been higher, but I do think it's very slightly overrated. But then there's so much to love that it had to make my list because the fact that it nails the idea of anybody can be in the suit and that it's delivered via Stanley cameo, um, the way that it looks, which can be it's, annoying at times. It's part of it's kind of a mixed bag for me. It looks cool and comic booky, but it also gives me a heck of a headache after yeah. a while. But <laughs> um, it, it is it is beautiful to look at. Oh, you yeah, can't yeah, deny that. Wonderfully made. Plus, I mean, the humor of things like Spider Ham and Spider Man Noir appearing and all of that kind of cool, actually broaching the Spider Verse, uh, and eventually just you know giving Miles Morales, who's not that well established a character, but deserves a chance to shine, giving him his movie to to get going. And yeah, fantastic action, brilliant animation, and great story that really gets the point. And uh, you know, uh, one thing that you should appreciate, DK, which I'm surprised you don't, Jenny Slate. Uh, yes. <laughs> who, yes. <laughs> Who we mentioned in my Venom review that you were a bit of a fan. Of. She's she's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she plays Olivia Octavius in Spider Verse, obviously, voice only, yeah. of course. But, it, it's yeah. it's a very good film. It it was going to be on my top ten, but just got pushed out at the last minute. And I and I, and not because of Howard the Duck. I hasten to add, it was it's something else. But yeah, it. Uh, I I feel bad that it's not on the list, but as you say. Maybe it's got to a point where it's slightly overrated and people expect it to be in that top 10. Yeah, it's not that I don't like it. I think I like it very much and I think it deserved its best animated film, Oscar. But when people are putting it like it's the number one Spider-Man film out of all of them, that's where I reel against it and I'm like, eh, it's like the number four on my list, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, number three, sorry, looking at the lists through here. But um, yeah, there are better Spider-Man films. It's just that that... I think it hit people in a certain way and they were genuinely surprised because 
It came out of nowhere. It was Sony without being MCU, and it was animated. And I think people were expecting a huge flop, and then saw it and were like, "This is actually a flipping good movie. What's going on?" Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you don't expect anyway. that from from Sony. No, you really <laughs> do not. <laughs> oh, but no. uh, yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, Across the Spider Verse Part One later this year. Not just because it will contain my favorite Spider Man, the Japanese Spider Man with his giant <laughs> mecha robot. Who is technically from the same people that make Power Rangers? Yes, <laughs> I cannot wait. Please tell me at least you guys are familiar with Japanese Spider-Man, and if not, I, go watch it immediately. <laughs> I, I look, I love Spider-Geddon and uh, Across the Spider-Verse. I read the original mm. books prior to Spider-Verse coming out, so I was disappointed that he wasn't in the first one. If I'm being honest, I want to see them all. I want the punk Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Punk would be cool, but yeah, they promised that. Uh, Japanese Spider-Man and Leopardon will be in the sequel. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on from that then. Um, so that's everybody's number eight since I went in the wrong order. We'll go to the number sevens now, and uh, we'll go to you again. Toby, what is your number seven Marvel film? I think this is, again, an unpopular opinion. Um, mm. We're having a double header this time. It's Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. you'd be surprised how not unpopular that opinion is to the point that I don't is really it? want to say much more. <laughs> um, I, so that's I, number seven, right? Yeah, it it gives the same fun, the same dynamics as Guardians Galaxy 1, but it adds a dramatic layer to it, which kind of makes it a little bit better than the first one, but only very slightly. It's, just, it's very uh, close. They're like two movies that just are together as... They feel like one for me, kind of, yeah. in my head. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a little bit better because it's a little bit more dramatic than the first one. And I remember people just going, you know, at least saying that Guns Galaxy 2 is not as good as the first one. I've seen a lot of I heard a lot of people saying that, and I have heard criticism from, like, actual film critics and people that I value who said it was just too much, like, joke, 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 and it was, like, who can say the most jokes and set up the jokes, and I'm like, it's a comedy, dude. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't expect I don't even buy yeah. that to be honest. It had some yeah. some some jokes, but it wasn't you know like you're watching Naked Gun, as Toby says. It yeah. had quite a quite a dramatic layer to it. It's people that were there's a lot of sort of sticklers for comics and stuff, and people that are like Drax is supposed to be this hardened destroyer, and he's making jokes about his nipples, and I'm like, because it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Also, what I really think many critics don't really uh, differentiate between is that there, there are Marvel movies where that this kind of jokes would not like all, all MC yeah. movies are funny in a way that's just part of what they are but obviously not all are you know this much of jokey and it doesn't work for all of them but like it's the guidance of the galaxy if you watch the first one and you see the potential yeah. for the jokes there like obviously they're going to do the same at the second one why would they just not made the second one it doesn't make any sense i would like i would personally uh, sorry i would care a lot more if the jokes weren't good but i will say without going to get into too much that the only time because i'm really really hard to get like to laugh when it comes to comedy and the only time that i've genuinely just burst into like 10 minute laughter fit couldn't focus in any mcu film was when peter turns into pac-man in that last fight just because it got me somewhere and i was like that is absolutely hilarious <laughs> they're all becoming these things and then he becomes like a giant pac-man and i just couldn't keep it together <laughs> but anyway it was, sorry, the, was the... Uh, the the multiple jumps for me all oh, right okay fair enough <laughs> 
Oh, no. yes, I know what you mean, yeah. That, which, by the way, my brother hates that scene because he claims it goes very kind of Scooby-Doo cartoony stupid. And that's but it his, does. Like, that's, why that's, like that's why it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know what you mean, yeah. Sorry, do you, uh, Toby, we interrupted yeah. you there. Yeah, what yeah, you I'm, I'm kind of the same as you. I'm not really laughing loud. Um, but the thing is with me, I'm laughing internally. So like, yeah. there, there's a different... Like, I find it funny, but I'm not like, oh, I need to laugh out loud now. It's just like, yeah. that was funny. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> I, I would imagine, considering your love of it, that Ant-Man and the Wasp might have had you giggling on a couple of occasions. Probably, um, yeah. Giant Pez dispensers and things, probably amusing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, we'll move on from there, then. Uh, so, TK, it's your turn to give your number seven movie. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm torn now, because my number seven, I'm actually wanting to replace it. Oh, don't don't no. let us, don't <laughs> let us win you, make you change your mind just because you know influence oh. biased you. All right, I'll I'll stick to what I had, Avengers. Okay, okay. Or okay, Avengers assembled. Avengers. If you were in the UK, I do, okay. oh, yeah. don't get me started on that rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, did you like the first Avengers? And again, I'll talk about it more later, probably. Well, for me, I mean, it was the very first, you know, proper crossover movie. Actually, felt like it was when uh, back when I was a kid, when I was actually reading the Avengers comic. Yes, it's agreed. look looking back on it now. It's not as there's been a lot better MCU moments, but at the time, it was just amazing to see see them all on screen together interacting. I think Hawkeye got a bit shortchanged, and mm. he's my favorite character, so you know that degrades it a little. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was a fun movie. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, then I will go to my number seven. Uh, and the number seven on my list is Logan, which we brought up earlier. Um, again, a film that maybe would have been higher if it weren't for the fact that I think it's slightly overhyped. Um, yeah. yeah, I just, I like it a lot and I can see why people love it. But I think things like the fighting your own clone plot is just beyond cheesy and kind of stupid. Um, and I don't agree with the story decision of like, and all of the X-Men are dead off screen it's like that is come on man you know that's such yeah. a bummer and a downer that you you can't really recover from that to get me on board with this film but having said that yes it is a blatant ripoff of things like shane um but that is effective you know in that western kind of way the lone wolf and cub type story is great the girl they have play laura is brilliant the fact that we actually see genuine 18 rated violence with the claws is finally is is much appreciated and uh, yeah, there's a lot of emotional impact there. So I can see that it's a very good movie, but for me, just not quite as good as the kind of five star should have won an Oscar thing that some people made it out to be. Yeah. Um, so that would be my number seven. Uh, so did either of you guys have that on your list, or did you have any thoughts about it? I know it's on your honourable mentions, DK. It's, I don't have yeah. it on. Oh, sorry. No, go on, Toby. Sorry. I don't have it on my list. Um, it's not going to come up. It, uh, um, I. It's one of the movies that I can see why people love it, and I think it's great. It's just it doesn't. It's not something I enjoy. Yeah, it's yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's quite bleak, so it's not really the most yeah. fun movie. Like you can appreciate a film as well made or something without being like, well, it's yeah, not something I would watch because it's kind of a downer. You know? Yeah, it's it's it. What can I say? But as I said, like before, by this point, I just been completely put off for the most part from the x-men movies yeah i do so think that's a shame it, because i think it's yeah. the best one of them it's Probably it's all, it's yeah. 
it's good, but as you say, it's not something you can watch and and sit there and go, "Oh, this is fun." It is a very bleak mm. thing, and I, I I get that it's you know for its certificate and stuff. The violence I can understand, but I just think they're just trying to be edgy when they're getting Professor X throwing out obscenities. It... So I'll give you Will's number seven now. Uh, so Will's number seven is the original Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can find what he said about this. Uh, so yeah, over on Letterboxd, he said he gave this four stars as well, which seems to be a common theme. Uh, and he said, cliched often, yes, a very good film anyway. Yes, had me in tears twice, which I think, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. Can't really argue with that. It's got emotional impact and the characters are great. And for all the reasons that we touched on, I think Guardians of the Galaxy, a very good movie uh, and beloved yeah. by many. So yeah, uh, that'll take us to our number six. So our number six films, and I'll start with you, Toby. Yeah, another sixth film is something we had already had this uh, episode. Okay. It's the first event, as not Captain America first event, the very first Avengers movie. Avengers? Movies. Wow, okay. That's um, your number six. So, yeah, number six. how many points that gives it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think it, it nails really well the assembling part and just. It, it feels like it fits way better than it probably does, but it just feels like a lot of things clicking in place and it's just very fun to watch there. Uh, I think the end, the big fight in the end is just very fun to watch and it, it's kind of messy, but it, it's, this messiness is what I like about it. It's just so chaotic and it kind of fits the feeling of what well, this team just formed. So obviously everything is going to be in chaos. So can fit yeah. that and it works yeah, yeah. awesome uh, move us straight on to udk and ask for your number six for five points okay my number six black panther wow okay, okay. Uh, surprising but okay black panther uh wow okay. i just think it's it's visually stunning i i, I can't it is i know people um there's probably a lot of people say no it's way too overrated for the amount of praise it got Yep. But I think it's. I think it's. I. Th- I think it's justified. I actually love watching it. It's just. It's beautiful. There's no one that I despise. Letitia Wright, notwithstanding, and her attitudes outside. But that's since you know going on going on Joss Whedon. Can't an anti-vax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, other than that, I. I just. I just love it. I. I you know. I just. I. I just can't say I love it enough. I know a lot of people that actually hate it, and judging from your reaction, no, your... no, no, no. Just to be clear, I don't hate it. I think it's vastly overrated. But at the same time, I recognise that the reason why it's overrated is because a certain audience has had no representation whatsoever, and no. so any that they get, they leap upon as if it's the greatest thing in the world because they're so underserved. <laughs> Which I like, you know, I can see why in that level it is. It does have that that massive level of importance, and why if I was coming at it from that cultural standpoint, which obviously I'm not, then I probably would love the film a heck of a lot more. But to me, just looking on it as the next MCU film, I was kind of like, it's a bit generic. Some of the special effects are dodgy. The ending is exactly what I hear in some of the other films, where it's just I'm fighting a differently coloured version of myself. <laughs> you know, yeah, but just... I think Bozeman was fantastic in it. You, I, absolutely, I, don't, I can't absolutely. fault him. And... Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o would... is just beautiful and everything. Not that I have a crush on her at all. <laughs> uh, I would count. Oh God, the, it's um... the Howard Principle. I've just realised. Uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, I, I yeah, I just. 
when I first when I first went to see, I thought because I'm not I'm not greatly familiar with the character in the books, and it was seeing the movie that got me wanting to read the character in the books. And for me, you know, for a Marvel film, that's a good sign. Yeah, there's been a few that have yeah. done that with me. I will say though that I certainly have nothing against the character, but I think Black Panther is better in one scene in Civil War than at any point in his own movie where he's completely taken over by like Killmonger and the supporting cast. But that scene at the end of Civil War where he's basically like, um, he, he finally realizes what vengeance does to you and won't even let Zemo kill himself. And it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm done letting it consume me. Oh, tell it to the dead. Uh, the living aren't finished with you yet. I was yeah. like, that is perfect superheroic uh, acting and everything. And I was more on board with that. And then wanted to see more of that in his solo movie, which sadly we now won't get to, unfortunately. Oh, but Such a shame. Um, yeah. It is. It's a tragedy. It really is. Um, and you can see that there was going to be huge things to come for that character and actor, which is makes it all the worse, I guess, in that level as a film fan. But yeah, I've Black got Panther, very little very good interest movie. in a sequel at this point. It depends what they do with it. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued certainly because what can they do? And I kind of and you mentioned yourself, it's got a great supporting cast. So by the time you include, um, you know, issues aside, Letitia Wright is at least a good actress, but. You've also got Lupita Nyong'o, Danai Gurira, Angela Bassett. Um, oh, what's his name? The um, the guy who played Zuri. He's a really famous actor, and I'm blanking on his name. Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a chance he's in there and whatnot. And uh, they have said they're bringing back Michael B. Jordan somehow. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that's going to... I don't know. Without Bozeman, I'm not sure how it's going to hold together. I've got faith in Well, Kurt, But... Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. It I, depends I just... how they do it. At least I, I at least I'm relieved that it's not just a matter of we're introducing the new Black Panther and immediately we're recasting or whatever, because it seems like they are gonna be like there might not actually be a Black Panther and it's more about Wakanda in yeah. this movie because you can't just leap straight into and this is the new version of the character. Um so I'm intrigued to see what they do anyway. So yeah, I am as well. And I think it's really an interesting uh choice to just not recast him because um it it just gives a sense of realism for the MCU, like he, he, that you know when when people die, they died. It's like over. Like yeah. we can't change that, and and it's just what it is. And you know the MCU moves forward and kind of works around on it. And I yeah. think I'm very intrigued by how they're going to do that. And I I have faith that they will do it good. <clears throat> Because it's Kugler and it's the same cast, yeah. I think they, they're not going to fall flat on their face. Hopefully, anyway. I don't. I don't think so. I've just. I've, I've just got less of an incentive to watch it without yeah, without Bozeman. And obviously, as I say, the uh, Letitia Wright things put me off. I'm a big one for not being able to separate the art from the artist, which is yeah, my own I get you fault. On that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Certainly, if their intention was to end the film with her taking up the mantle, I would imagine they've changed their mind on that now. Because otherwise, that's going to piss off everybody that comes yeah. away from that film now so uh yeah should give it to me on maybe they will oh, Dan, i'm not just saying i'm not just saying that because of my own proclivities but i just think she she's set up to be she would have been set up to be a fantastic successor yeah fair enough yeah. um anyway so that was your number let's see six uh, six was that right yeah. um so we're gonna go on to my number six One second, i, I, I want to say sorry, something go ahead, about yeah, yeah. the movie because i don't think i have said anything about it um and i think it won like how many oscars did it won two or 
film. It wouldn't, I think, definitely production design. For production design and the, costume uh, and maybe hair and makeup. I don't know about hair. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, and I do think it's from what I have seen on social media that this these wins are a little controversial because it's like, oh, it's a Marvel movie. Can it win this mm. type of popular... Uh, can a popular film mainstream film really win these categories at Oscars and but what I have done after this is just pause at random stuff in the movie and just look at costume and product mm -hmm. that and they are so beautiful yeah oh it's gorgeous absolutely it's yeah, so yeah, good it's 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 the best in the MCU in that regard really yeah my number six movie then carrying on from that is Avengers Infinity War which I do class as a separate film. <laughs> um, and that is why it makes the list independently of Endgame, because I think it is a film that I've noticed a lot of people giving it flack because some people like really loved it and rightfully so, because it is fun. And uh, in a similar way to how the first Avengers was like, this is my comics come to life. There's just a part of me, the huge nerd part of me, that's kind of like the moment Steve Ditko's two characters interacted in a film for the first time, when Spider-Man met Doctor Strange, I was like, well, that's one star right there. I don't even care about what they're doing or why. This is a childhood dream for me, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, that already I'm on board. And then just the mixing of those characters, introducing the Guardians to the Avengers world, uh, bringing them all together, and then just how unbelievably well and epic they managed to do the final battle because they had so much to deliver that it, it would have been so easy to be a letdown. And the fact that despite all the hype for me, it wasn't a letdown and it was just as epic and, and awe-inspiring as you expected. And then to end on that absolute gut punch, which I can't yeah. believe none of us saw coming, but yeah, just ending with, I was not expecting that. <laughs> so no. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. for all those reasons and more, that would be why Infinity War makes my number six spot. That's yeah, fair so enough. I'm going to tell you what Will's number six was then. Uh, and this is the one that I think might surprise you and probably most of the audience who, again, I'm hoping don't turn off, uh, but Will's number six movie is Iron Man 2. <laughs> Get out, Will. <laughs> no, I'm and, sure he's uh, awesome. And he is awesome from what I've interacted, but seriously, dude. Well, this is, uh, you know, I haven't read out what he had to say yet either. <laughs> but uh, as you might well predict, he gave this four stars on Letterboxd. Uh, and he said, this is better than the original, but if I speak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Uh, I think he knows basically that it's a controversial opinion, but uh, we were discussing well, it and I kind of, um, earlier on we discussed it and I said, I kind of see people's criticisms and don't like, I never understood why people say it's only a setup for Avengers. Cause there's parts of that, but there's more to it than that as well. Uh, and I do think it is a way too overheated movie. I wouldn't have put yes. it in my top 20, but you know, no, <laughs> but, uh, it's, I mean, it's different strokes, but it's just, yeah. I, I just, I, I can't get on board with it. It's in my lower lower echelon of Marvel films. That's fair enough. Um, I, I promised I, I would deliver his list though, and so I did. <laughs> yeah, so. I I don't hate Iron Man. Like a lot of people I see really dislike it and hate it. I don't. I think it's fine. It's okay. It's nice. It's watchable. Mm. You know, it's 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 one of the MCU movies which are there are several of which are just you know it's an MCU movie. You're gonna get what you're gonna get and. That's it. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll, prepare to, I'll prepare to turn off the other half of the audience that haven't yet turned off. It's better than Iron Man 3. 
I'll, I'll, I'll put them on, yeah. on level pegging, if I'm being honest. I don't oh, see okay. what everybody loves Iron Man 3 about. I don't get. I don't understand. They just want to see a Shane Black movie, but that's that's neither here nor there. It's not what the character is. You know, yeah. That's just people who are like, oh, it's such a cool Shane Black movie where it's just the man without the suit fighting. Yeah, that's not what I tuned in for. Yeah. Yeah, so it has it has way. good points, but I think but you know it's it's overrated. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like Iron Man Three because it feels too similar to the other Iron Man, and I'm like, yeah, mm, Fair no. Enough. Um, In the epic words of Arnie, I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>